This is In the Classroom. My name is Benjamin Stewart at BenjaminLStewart.org. Today I wanted to share a recent assignment, uh, something that uh, I'm having some of my writing students focus on this week. And I wanted to talk a little bit about speech acts, specifically different forces, elocutionary force, perlocutionary force, um, and... Uh, locutionary force. Wanted to talk about those three in terms of recent writing assignment. Um, teaching this semester an academic slash business slash creative writing course, and so students are getting exposed to different forms of uh, text, different forms of writing. This week, though, we're focusing on business correspondence, specifically the development of a statement of purpose as well as a recommendation letter. So I wanted to share a recent discussion here that I had in terms of advising them uh, as to the language that they use to draft a purpose statement, looking at some of the specifics of uh, the different verbs that they use and how the reader or, or the audience will, might interpret that, uh, that use of language. So we're talking a lot about illocutionary force or the way the reader will or could interpret uh, their writing. And so the context for this particular assignment is that students are thinking in terms of an ideal job and how they would articulate their own expectations for that job as well as their own commitments. So they began by thinking uh, in terms of a list of I want statements, the expectations that they have for the uh, job, and then their commitments something that they're willing to do or their I will statements. So for pre-writing activities, uh, in terms of writing to be understood, students were drafting a list of these expectations and commitments using verbs like I want. I want a job that or I want a job where. For the commitments, again, creating a list of I, I will do this, I will do that. And then when they started to draft their paragraph, their purpose statement, and convert these uh, sentence, basically their sentence outlines, converting those into a coherent and cohesive text, then I wanted them to begin thinking about the different verbs that they could use instead of I want and, in, uh, and instead of uh, I expect this, where typically that kind of language might be interpreted in a different way that they would intend, that they now start thinking about different ways of formulating alternative verbs or even using modals such as I would, uh, like, maybe even I wish, maybe a totally different verb might be more appropriate, but thinking in terms of how they can uh, communicate in such a way that it basically shows how a professional they, they are, right? So this was really the activity that uh, that I ask students to, to do. And if you're watching this video, of course, you can access all this information in Notion.so. If you're listening to this podcast, you can go to Notion.so and search for In the Classroom with Benjamin Stewart, where you'll find uh, the courses that I'm currently teaching this semester, you'll find links to those. This is a academic slash creative 
uh, writing course is the title of the course, although again, this is a more uh, this is an assignment more related to business correspondence. All right, so this is um, the video here that I'll, I'll show, and then you'll see here below the sample text that accompanies uh, this video. For those of you who are taking academic and creative writing, I wanted to spend a few minutes uh, summarizing uh, the the two um, the two products that we're working on: the statement of purpose and the recommendation letter. A lot of these, uh, both of these, have uh, things in common in terms of the language, how we can be formal. Um, but I really want you to think in terms of the uh, the different types of forces: the locutionary, perlocutionary, and illocutionary forces that are involved in any type of communication, but especially this type of communication where you, the writer, are addressing or writing a text for a particular audience, understanding the relationship between you and the other person. I think it's important to mention here that I'm using these terms perlocutionary uh, force, illocutionary force, locutionary force, uh, with these students because they are teacher trainers, okay? I probably would not uh, use these terms when, um, when I'm thinking about maybe just a general English course or maybe just a non-teacher type of situation. Uh, these are students who have taken linguistic courses and um, they, if they haven't been exposed directly to speech acts, uh, they certainly will throughout their BA. So it's more of a way of trying to link horizontally different topics that they may see either currently in other courses or subsequent in subsequent courses. So again, some technical language being used here, but the intention here is to reinforce these theoretical concepts that we expect uh, some of our all of our teachers to to be able to again link what they're doing practically with uh, the theory. For example, in the, uh, in the case of the statement of purpose, you're writing this to, um, to a potential uh, employer, right? So this might even be a director of a school, might be a manager from the human resources department, uh, and so on. In the case of a recommendation letter, it's going to depend, but whoever is responsible for, um, for the type of uh, thing that you're re recommending uh, your your friend or family member for, then that is going to be, uh, you also need to be aware of that. You need to be aware of the relationship between you and the audience and uh, the particular person uh, that is going to be receiving your particular text. There are a lot of similarities between these two assignments, between the statement of purpose and the recommendation letter, uh, but the, the main difference here that I wanted my learners to recognize is that with the statement of purpose, it's essentially uh, them as the, end the the writer of the text and the intended audience. There's basically just two uh, two speakers really involved, not speakers, but two uh, roles uh, involved in this particular activity. Whereas in the recommendation letter, where they're asked to recommend someone else, they have to contend with uh, the person that they're recommending, them as the writer, and the the audience, the intended audience for that particular uh, text. Now, 
In the case of the statement of purpose, most of you have finished and are making final changes before you upload it to your online portfolio, your e-portfolio. So as you're making final changes, I have left comments on those who completed the assignment. And um, if anyone needs additional clarification or additional feedback on anything that I left in Notion, please let me know. But I've included here an example of, uh, of a text for, uh, for the purpose statement. And so, so it's important to mention again too at this point that students have already drafted their first um, their paragraph, their first text. And so the purpose or the reasoning behind supplying them a sample here is to compare basically what they've already done. There are two approaches here. I could have provided the example first before they even started to write the text, and certainly that's a valid choice as well. But I wanted them to kind of go through that process of creating something based on criteria. They were very, we were very specific in the different organizational patterns that were acceptable for this particular paragraph, what to, to include in the paragraph, again, expectations and commitments. But the idea was that they had some time with this text in the development, even perhaps drafting a second and third version of this before then they saw a, uh, you know, my example. And again, compared uh, what I had with what they had. That doesn't mean necessarily that they need to follow exactly the same organizational pattern that I did or even use the same language. But uh, I think having the students and the writers in this case spend some time thinking about the text and writing and drafting their ideas down and then see an example I think has also, um, uh, I think that's also a valuable option uh, because of the fact that they've already had time with the text to really reflect on their uh, intended message. So I want to spend just a few minutes going over some things here that I would like for you to take a look at and consider in your own writing. And one of it is to make sure that the very first sentence is your topic sentence. So you need to, in this case, state the ideal job. And notice in my case, I have uh, Universidad Autónoma de Aguascalientes. I have this in italics. So any words that are not in English uh, need to be italicized. Notice here I'm using the verb would like instead of I want. So, um, you know, be careful with the verbs that you use. Instead of saying expect, I expect this. That's rather strong, even though we have been talking about expectations. Using the verb I expect uh, is probably not a verb that you want to use in this particular case. Again, it's a very strong, it's strong language and it's, uh, it puts you in a position of being maybe demanding, um, maybe even depending, uh, slightly egotistical. Uh, that's also a possibility. These are the things that I want you to think about, especially the illocutionary force. What kind of impression are you leaving? What kind of message are you sending with the words, with the language that you're using? And both this assignment, the purpose statement, as well as the recommendation letter really is an exercise in really understanding how our a language affects or how it's being interpreted by someone else. Now, notice here I have a connector. One of the aspects, okay, so I, this is kind of a... Uh, signpost here to say, okay, I'm going to talk about one thing here. And then notice later on, I, ha I have this another aspect. So this kind of connects back to 
this. So one aspect and then another aspect. And then I say to this end, I could also say to conclude perhaps. Um, but notice that to this end is my attempt to create a transition from my expectations to my commitments. In this particular example, I've chosen uh, an organizational pattern that first states the expectations, and then I've chosen to conclude the paragraph with my commitments. And you can also do the same, or as we've talked about in class, you can also um, go back and forth between expectations and commitments throughout. Just make sure that the expectations always precede the commitments, and always make sure that the commitments try to align those or relate those commitments back to the expectations that you stated earlier in your paragraph. Okay, so I have so this uh, the things that I'm mentioning here are basically just uh, we've talked a lot about all of this in class, face to face, as they develop the class. So it really serves as kind of a summary summary of what they need to be included, uh, what they need to be including in their own particular text. So again, the idea is that they've already drafted their text. They're comparing what I have, making final changes, and just reviewing again, making sure that they've included what they needed to for this particular assignment. I have this to this end. I commit. I pledge. And then I have kind of a uh, transition here. Finally, I will continue saying this is basically the end of uh, my commitments. All right. So... Try to use Raymond and theme, as we've talked about in class. Try to use different ways of uh, offering transitions. Some of you uh, can benefit from including more transitions in your writing overall. Again, I'm using terms like Raymond and theme and even transitions, where we talked about using sentence connectors and introductory phrases and subordinating clauses. All kind of technical language, but that is the intention because, again, these are teacher trainers, so we want to. Um, have our teachers not only be proficient in the language, but also be able to have declarative knowledge or enough declarative knowledge to be able to articulate or explicitly state some of these concepts that they, they might need to either know about or maybe even describe themselves in their own classes. Well, remember that we can use sentence connectors, but that's not the only option that we have. We can use introductory phrases like participial phrases, prepositional phrases, etc. And we can also begin sentences with uh, subordinating clauses, followed by a comma. And that subordinating clause really um, will serve as a way to connect the prior idea to the current idea. Regardless of the way that you offer transitions, always keep in mind your ream and theme. So remember, we have two basic patterns for ream and theme. We can use the same theme and create a new uh, use the same theme and create a new ream, or we can change the ream to a theme. All right. So here in this case, I would like to work in the BA program at the university. One of the aspects of working at the language department. So here, language department is very similar to the BA degree program. All right, but it's it's slightly different, a little bit more specific, but it's it's coming directly from the prior sentence. Now this relates a lot to the concepts of hyponyms and hypernyms. We talked, I don't mention it here in this video, but in class we talked about synonyms and hyponyms and hypernyms and how if we look at the a text from a discursive perspective, we can link 
text and point text back and point forward using hyponyms, synonyms, hyponyms, and hypernyms, as well as direct repetition to connect ideas from one sentence to the next. This very much relates to Raymond theme as well. But again, just giving them some tools for them to uh, use different language in different ways to connect their ideas, making sure that they're on topic, but not feeling like they always need to use direct repetition and also looking to find when it is appropriate and even necessary in some cases to use hyponyms and hypernyms, uh, whether they're going from the general to the specific or vice versa. I appreciate how language collaboration, having a periodic meetings. All right, so again, try to connect your ideas here, having periodic meetings uh, to review a syllabi. This is a prepositional phrase functioning as a subject. But I have here periodic meetings coming from this idea of teacher collaboration. Right? So really take your themes and reams and see how you're connecting ideas from one sentence to the, to the next, in addition to the different transitions that you, that you offer. Now, I will say you do not need a transition for every single sentence, but uh, there are some cases that I have seen some of you would benefit from having or including more. We don't want our writing to be um, where it jumps from one idea to the next, right? Or even in some cases, maybe we can change a simple sentence to a compound or a complex sentence. So. This is probably the greatest challenge here. Again, most of the problems are a lack of transitions, um, but uh, it's uh, in our discussions, we, we look at finding a balance and basically mixing it up. So being able to use a variety of different transitions, not only using sentence connectors and obviously not repeating the same sentence connectors, um, but trying to offer other ways to transi offer transitions and then also recognizing that maybe some sentences won't or it's not called for it maybe it's not necessary to have that transition but i would say overall the tendency is to neglect uh, transitions so the idea here is to again just give them a, a different uh, set of options that they can choose from when they are trying to connect ideas from one sentence to the next so Sometimes combining sentences is the answer. Sometimes combining sentences and offering a transition is the answer. But really keep in mind the way that you're creating these sentences and that how your ideas are flowing. And really both of these exercises, the purpose statement and the recommendation letter, I think have, the, have that aspect of your writing in common, right? We're going to be focusing and I'm going to be looking for that type of transition, that type of flow, and of course the type of verbs and language overall that you use so that you are coming across as a professional uh, individual. So I hope this helps. Um, continue leaving comments if you want me to uh, provide feedback in Notion. That's really the best way to do that. Otherwise, if Notion is uh, problematic in terms of getting having access to it, bring in your work um, and uh, we can look at it in class, or you can certainly leave your work with me to look at outside of class uh, as well. Uh, this last comment really relates to the fact that I'm using Notion, that's Notion.so for the first time this semester, with all of my groups, with all of my classes, making all virtually all of the content uh, public. And uh, we're still, I would say, going through somewhat of a learning curve in terms of 
students uploading their information uh, to their respective Notion pages, which again is being made public. So uh, I've done this in various ways using various technologies in the past where students have had open online transparent spaces where they are drafting their text. Um, but we're still trying to find the best way we as in the students and, and myself trying to find the best way to uh, share text and for me to provide feedback. Uh, I always like to use open spaces uh, so that I can leave comments in a transparent way so they're able to not only compare their work with their others with their classmates, but also uh, they can compare the feedback that I provide uh, each of the students. I think this is a valuable uh, resource in terms of their own reflection on looking at their own development as writers is to see the types of feedback that they receive, obviously, but also the types of feedback of their classmates. Okay, so this uh, should give you an idea of this particular assignment, and it, it's, again, linking the assignment that they've pretty much completed, the purpose statement, and, and also looking and reflecting on their next assignment, the recommendation letter. Again, both of these writing assignments have a lot of things in common. It's all related to business, making them look professional and competent, knowledgeable, skillful, with good dispositions, and using the appropriate text so that they begin to realize what kind of um, influence the way they use the language that they use, what, how that might uh, be interpreted as either being positive or negative. Uh, and that's what we spend a lot of time discussing and reflecting on and modifying our, our text uh, with that end. And again, looking at these forces, the perlocutionary force, the illocutionary force mainly in terms of how others interpret uh, the text or the language that they that they use. So I wanted to share this with you. Feel free to leave comments below. Any feedback is greatly appreciated. This has been In the Classroom. My name is Benjamin Stewart at BenjaminLStewart.org, making teaching and learning more transparent.